Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the Galway City Your Council podcast series where we will share insights on the range of services, projects and people in the Galway City local authority area. Galway City Council provide a diverse range of services including beach maintenance, dog pounds, health promotion, strategic planning, tourism promotion and housing supply. This series will introduce you to some of the people delivering those services and the valuable work they do every day in Galway City. For more information on Galway City Council, please go to our website www.galwaycity.ie. I'm delighted to say that our very first guest is Brendan McGrath, who's been at the helm of Galway City Council for over 10 years. And he's just retired after 47 years in public service. Throughout Brendan's impressive and extensive career, he has worked in a myriad of roles in various local authorities in Mead, Wexford, Roscommon, Kildare, Galway County and Galway City Council. Brendan reflects with me today on his time at Galway City Council and he shares great insights from his long career in local government. Uh, Brendan, great to see you. You're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Fergal. The first question actually I want to ask you is, you're a tip man originally living in Galway. So for hurling and football, who would you be supporting at this stage? Well, to compound it, I'm a Tipperary person actually living in Kildare and working in Galway. But I used, I previously lived in, in, in Galway and my children were born in Galway. So um, every time Tipperary faced Galway, my children were maroon and white. And remind me of where they were born as unashamedly Tipperary, Tipperary first and last. And uh, if Tipper gone, well, then I never have any difficulty giving my support to Galway. I'm I'm married to a Mead woman, so I have a great actual grow for Meads. And um, I have been known to, to follow Mead in football when, again when Tipperary are out of it, you know. So you spent a lot of time working in Mead, didn't you, in your careers? Yeah, in, in over 40 years in public service, I've spent a total of more than 20 of those in Mead County Council in various roles. In fact, I, I joined and left Mead County Council three different times in my career. And you've been all over. So you've been Wexford, Roscommon, Galway County, Mead, Kildare. Yeah, that's that, that that's it. I... I if I add in the, the town authorities that I work for, you know, Belnaslow Town Council, Navan Town Council, I think I've worked for nine different local authorities in total. And that's a real tradition in public service, isn't it? In the local government service, it yeah. is. Um, and um, traditionally, if you wanted to, to pursue career advancement and to seek promotion, almost invariably, it did require you to move. So, um Back in, in the mid-90s when I moved from, uh, I was living in Ballinasloe at the time, East Galway, back to, to Kildare, I decided that my children were of an age when we need they needed to put roots down. So we, we have been living in Kildare since since uh, the mid-1990s. And uh, in my time in Galway, I've had an apartment. So I've lived in Galway sort of during the week and uh, home at the weekends. And, and it's worked well, you know. And is that still the tradition, you know, within the local government? About moving around, it's 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 obviously less so. I so I, I think mm. as 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 life has evolved and the system has evolved, and and um, I suppose particularly in a post COVID world, when when people you know have have looked at what are priorities, uh, I think it'll become less of a factor than than uh, it it was heretofore. You know, do you find then like when you were moving around that you brought things from one authority to the other? Absolutely, you brought uh, you know if you discovered. Uh, things that work well or models of good practice or, or um, 
different ways of doing things. You brought those with you and you learned from them and you were able to tap into a well of experience. So I would honestly say that that, that the requirement of, of, of going to new places and, and, and learning new places and new things and bringing that to other places has served local government well. It certainly served me well. And Galway, I have found, because Galway, uh, you, you know, go back to Cromwell's time, to Hell or to Connacht, uh, 25% of the, of the nearly of the population of Galway City comes from outside the island of Ireland. So Galway has always been open to new people, new new thinking, new creativity, new thoughts. Hence why it's such a, uh, a creative city, a culture-based city. Uh, it, it's an open, welcoming city. Galway is hugely open and friendly as well. But in my experience, I lived in East Galway for, for 12, nearly 13 years. There's a significant variation between uh, the people of East Galway, the people of Connemara and the people of Galway City in between based on, on, on my experiences. Um, and also when you put that mix together, that's what makes the, uh, a county and a place so unique. And it's the, the, the interconnection and the interface and the inter- where those influences uh, come together. And that's what over time shapes uh, the, the local authority area. And I suppose the point I was going to make earlier, if you look nationally, there's there's almost 1,100 uh, services that are provided by local authorities. Uh, there's a national inventory. I think there's 1,105 listed in it. Now, not all of those are, a lot of those are singular services that, that, that might apply to, 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 to an individual. But there are, the problems in most uh, local authorities I've worked are broadly similar. The, the emphasis and uh, the nuances vary from place to place. Again, if you go back to North Mead, South Mead, North Mead is very much rural. Kells is the largest town. And the network of villages throughout North Mead uh, were sort of small little centres that grew up around servicing the agricultural sector and so on. Uh, generally small population. People wouldn't imagine it because Mead is in the, you know, adjacent to, to the greater Dublin region. Uh, but peripherality is, a, is every bit an issue in North Mead as it is in, in Connemara. Or, or or either North Galway, you know. This is your, your last week. So, you know, as you said, you've over 40 years now working in the you know, with local government. Has that made you reflective thinking back on your career? Yeah, uh, I've been, by the time I leave uh, uh, in, in the coming days, I will have uh, clocked up almost 47 and one quarter years. Um, which was never the master plan. I never intended that I would possibly work that long, but I I don't regret a single day of working in local government. I've been very fortunate, I think, to have had a career in local government. I've been very privileged to hold the roles that I hold and have held, uh, but equally very humbled. And, you know, I think like, like, like every human being, like every public servant, uh, we're all shaped and influenced by our own individual culture and values. And I was lucky that I grew up in Clonmel uh, in County Tipperary, had a very loving and caring family. Uh, I think we were all un- understood the difference between right and wrong. We understood the importance of service, of having a work ethic, of honesty, of commitment, of, of, of trying to make a, a difference. And that shaping, would I, I, when I left Clonmel as a an almost 18-year-old back in the mid-70s, uh, initially to go to college. Um, that, that I think, you know, it's only when you leave home you, you understand and appreciate uh, what your parents instilled in you and the, value, the values that you gave, they gave to you. And I hope that I've carried those values through right throughout my public service career. My mum and dad taught me, you know, uh, very simple mottos. Um, 
uh, around helping people never do someone a bad turn uh, if you can't do someone a good one well, certainly don't do them a bad one anyone whom you deal with uh, put yourself in their shoes and in their place and try to deal with them in the way uh, you would expect if the roles were reversed and things like that so um I, I, I hope that the thing I've done throughout my career is to respect people uh, and to understand people and to try and help people and to be honest with people. And I think throughout my career, whether it's dealing with counsellors or dealing with the public, I think if you're straight with them, if you tell it as it is, if you if if if, if uh, you explain the thing as best you can, explain it in English in a way they can understand. And you can't always say yes in this business. Lots of times you can't. But I think people value and appreciate being honest and being, being upfront, telling it as it is. And equally, look, uh, I hope I've learned and I think I have uh, about the, being honest and about being straight. And uh, if you get something wrong, tell people you've got something wrong and tell people the organization has got something wrong. Uh, explain to people why we got it wrong. Uh, explain what, we, what we're going to learn from it and what we're going to change to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I've tried to do that uh, throughout my career. I haven't perhaps always succeeded, but I've certainly tried. And uh, as I said, uh, there are very few jobs like local government that give you an opportunity to influence people's lives in a positive way. And I, I've certainly tried, I hope, to do that throughout my career. And I've always sought to do that. And that's been very, very important to me. And what's been equally important is a respect for the democratic mandate of councillors. Um, I know as a nation, we fought hard uh, through history for our independence. But we won an independence that today we should cherish. Uh, democracy was never so important as it is today. Uh, freedom of speech was never so important. Look at, at what's happening elsewhere in the world. Our democracy is fundamental. I, I, I cringe, to be honest with you, with some of the developments, particularly around social media, uh, that, the, you know, the instant soundbite, the need for instant answers, the, the, the quick put down, the smart comment, uh, people uh, not allowing time for proper reflection, proper debate, proper discourse, and often the, the disrespect that's shown to our democratically elected uh, uh, politicians. And, when, you know, look across the Atlantic at America, look what's happening in Europe, in Ukraine, look at the growth of, of, of right wing uh, generally. And uh, I, I, I personally love history. History is important um, to, 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 to think about the future. We, sh we must learn from the past. So understanding and appreciating history is really important. And uh, we, we saw what fascism and right-wing politics delivered in Europe in, through the First World War and the Second World War and the horrors it perpetrated. And that led into the Cold War. Uh, look at what's happening in, 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 in Ukraine, again, in Europe at the moment. So uh, our democracy is, 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 is a fundamental tenet of what this state. We have a freedom that others would, would, would give their right hand for. Uh, it's to be nurtured, it's to be cherished, it's to be respected. Um, and uh, through my work, um, I, 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 you know, on a daily basis, I have to work with politicians. I think part of, of, of trying to do one's job is understanding a politician, understanding where they're coming from, understanding the nature of, of, of what they're seeking. Uh, also understanding that because of things like an electoral cycle, uh, they have to be seen to, to deliver for their electorate in, in both the short term and the long term. So their role is not an easy role nor an easy job, uh, but it's also... Uh, 
my role and 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 senior managers like me, we have to value that role. We have to value the mandate of the elected councillor, and uh, we have to work with them to make sure that 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 we all deliver for the benefit of the people who we serve. And that's 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 our citizen in a Galway context. That's that's the citizens, those who live in Galway. It's those who work in Galway. It's those who come to visit Galway. Um, so it, it, long way of answering your question, Fergal. But 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 uh, I hope my approach throughout my career has been people centric and. I've been extremely lucky. I've worked at a very senior level in local government now for almost 30 years. Uh, I became, you know, I, I, if my job was graded today in, in the grading structure within local government, it would be a grade 10. And I became a grade 8 equivalent in 1993. So I, 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 I've, I've really worked at a senior level. I've had a unique opportunity across Kildare, across Mead, across Galway. In that period, I hope to make a difference. Um, I had the, the, the incredible um, experience and, and, and it was hugely valuable to me personally. Uh, when I joined Kildare County Council as, as a county development officer and the first chief executive of Kildare County Enterprise Board at the time of working on the one hand with micro enterprise. Um, and it, it, it was new in, in my career to me and, 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 and I learned such a lot from it. But equally, uh, from almost the beginning, facilitating uh, Intel and in, in Leak, Leak Slip at that point with the second stage of its, of its development, facilitating Hewlett Packard in, into Leak Slip, uh, what was uh, Wyatt Medica. Uh, now Pfizer into Newbridge uh, and, and quite a number of others. And, and I learned such a lot uh, in relation to, to the importance of economic development, uh, creating jobs and how that benefits social and community development. Um, and then uh, I did a huge amount of work in Kildare in, at the community level. I was involved with, 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 with a significant range of, of community initiatives. And then would have carried that into Mead uh, in 1999, uh, where I became the first director for community and enterprise, and then subsequently went on to manage uh, the Kells area, North Mead. I would have been director of service, uh, transport, water services, the planning function, uh, recreation and amenity, environmental services. And um, as as in my town clerk roles, I would have uh, had good exposure to the whole financial side of local government. So I've been extremely fortunate. I've worked in every single facet of local government at the coal face, and that's where I've probably got a lot of my experience from is learning at the coal face and seeing up up close and personal how you can work with people, how you can uh, help. Uh, make changes locally, how you can uh, promote positivity. I suppose that's a point I'll make, going back to particularly the whole social media piece. I think there is a need for those of us in public service and public life, whilst we're being honest, but also to try and be positive. Yes, we have to, 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 to you know, going back to what I said, when we get things wrong, we must explain it. But we equally must provide hope to people and we must provide leadership and show what uh, can be done, where we're committed to, to trying to do the right thing, where we're trying to do it to the benefit of all and equally respect the governance processes because uh, just because I think something is right doesn't make it right. Um, you know, adhere to things like the public spending code, uh, make sure that we respect the environment, that we deal with with climate action in, 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 in an expeditious and, and, and positive way, that we embrace the opportunities. Working with people, the leadership piece, the importance of being a good manager then and learning, I suppose, over time that uh, you can be a good manager but not a good leader and vice versa. And if you can combine the two, be a good manager and a good leader, well, then that's 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 the best balance. I, I let others reflect on whether I've achieved that, but uh, that's what I strive to do throughout my career. 
And, you know, your role, it's sort of unique or, or so much different than the private sector where, you know, you're you're serving, you know, your staff and the authority, but also the people of Galway. So it's a dual role, really, isn't it? It is. Uh, and, and it goes back again. On the, on the one hand, you're the leader of the organisation. And the old title for the position was the county manager or city manager, which morphed into mm. the role of chief executive back in 2014. Uh, and and the chief executive of a local authority is is quite a different role to chief executive officer of of, of a company. Um, so my board of directors are my councillors uh, who make uh, the major policy decisions, and my role as the chief executive then is to implement those policy decisions uh, through a series of of uh, authorised executive actions. Uh, Gobba City Council has a staff team at the moment of about five hundred and fifty people. We have a, an annual budget, a revenue budget this year of 113 million euros. And on top of that, we have a capital budget of about uh, an additional 100 million euros. The revenue budget, uh, our money comes from three main sources. About 37, 38% of it comes from rates uh, paid by, by business owners in the city. So it's the FDI companies, the foreign direct investments, the Wyatt Medicus, the Boston Scientifics, the Craganas on the one hand. It's the hospitality sector, it's the hotels, the pubs, the guest houses, the small businesses, the hairdressers, the accountants, the solicitors. Uh, that's where, where, where the rates comes from. The about uh, 4 or 5% of the income comes from local property tax, so quite a small percentage overall. Um, about uh, the remainder then is a combination of charges we make for local goods and services. So it's things like uh, the, the rents that our tenants pay us for local authority homes. Uh, it's parking charges, you know, cost of paid parking in the city. It's admission charges to the town hall theatre or to Leisureland. It's uh, the fees that people have to pay for making planning applications. Uh, and uh, the balance then comes from uh, grants from various government departments. So that's how the budget get makes, gets made up. Uh, the budget has to be agreed annually by, by the city councillors. So there's a long process there, typically in the months of October and November. Uh, our budget this year, the councillors accept that we need to engage and employ additional people to provide additional services. So this year's budget includes the recruitment of additional 75 staff, uh, which will bring our numbers, uh, total numbers to uh, over 600. Uh, our staffing is roughly a portion, approximately half of those staff work on outdoor services. So they are, are, are the absolutely fantastic people who um, come in at the crack of dawn every morning and clean our city streets. Uh, Galway is, is, is a visitor town. It's a, it's a party town. Uh, we could have a lot of litter left overnight. And when people get up the next morning, the city streets and our public areas are pristine. And those staff faithfully come in morning, noon, night, seven days a week to come in over the weekend when extra busy. Uh, if we have bad weather, if we have storms, they are the people who turn out and, and, and uh, help us to, to, to clean up afterwards or to do preparations, make it safe, uh, close down roads, uh, get cars out of car parks that might flood. Um, and we, 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 you know, those staff work across uh Housing maintenance. Uh, we we have about two and a half thousand social homes that we that we own that we have to maintain. We have a different cohort of staff involved in, in in maintenance and upkeep of those houses. Uh, we also have a small number of void houses. You know where where tenants uh, turn over, 
or sadly where people uh, move uh, die and then the house becomes vacant and we have to 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 upgrade those houses before we rent them out and in the housing crisis that's something we're trying to 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 turn over more quickly we have quite a um a significant um number of staff then who are involved in in road activities you know that that's uh, uh drainage maintenance on the roads uh, repairing roads upkeeper roads uh, grass cutting etc we have a significant amount of, of staff in the recreation and amenity area uh we you know that's upkeep to the city parks the public realm areas the public open spaces uh we have staff then working in environmental monitoring uh waste management um and then the the the, the the other half of the staff work on, on, on indoor services, so they provide the administration supports across housing, transport, uh, water services still, even though Irish Water Ishgard, as it is now, has been set up, the government is still delivering the daily water service on behalf of, of Ishka Erden. So we have about 45 or 46 staff involved in, in, in water services. Uh, we have planners who are involved in strategic planning and operating the day-to-day planning services. Uh, we have school wardens out, you know, uh, manning crossing points. I think we have about 24, 25 school wardens working across the city. Uh, then we would have lifeguards on duty in the bathing areas now while the sea swimming, uh, the summer sea swimming uh, timetable is in place from, from this coming weekend onwards. And then we operate centres like Leisureland, the the, the, the the famous recreation centre up in Salt Hill. Uh, we operate the Town Hall Theatre and Black Box, the City Museum. So we would have everything there from from uh, box office staff, uh, lighting technicians, um, uh, leisure land, you know, lifeguards on the swimming pool, people manning the gym, uh, leisure land hosts concerts. So the 113 million, the operational budget, the revenue budget that Galway City Council spends goes towards managing all of that and, and a lot, lot more. We do a huge amount of grass cutting. Galway is unique, to, in my experience, to many local authority areas where uh, the local authority doesn't cut the grass. Uh, we, we we cut huge amounts of grass. We, I think we have 47 playing pitches across the city that we keep and maintain. Uh, we do all the grass cutting in, in all the public open spaces that are in charge and the housing estates that are in charge. And... Um, we're we're deeply conscious of of the biodiversity crisis. So we have a biodiversity officer, we have a, a tree officer, um, and I think on balance uh, we do a very very good job. But if one reads social media, you only see the criticism for 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 the things we don't do. But many many good things get done. The transport challenge is huge. We we're we're putting a lot of resources into um, trying to to develop and upgrade uh, transport in Gaba City. It is one of the big challenges. So we have people at the working at the moment working on uh, active travel schemes, which is uh, safe cycling pedestrianisation schemes. Uh, the Gaba Bus Connects project. Uh, only last Friday, the new Salmon Weir pedestrian and cycling bridge opened across oh, the yeah. River Corrib at the Cathedral, uh, a bridge which is designed in the shape of a salmon. It's, I think it'll become a very, very iconic architectural feature yeah. uh, over time. Um, and so, a lot, you know, go back to what I said, nationally, there, there's about 1,105, I think it is, services listed in the National Service Directory for Local Authorities. Uh, every local authority delivers at least 100 sort of major services, as say from, from housing, uh, building houses, allocation of houses, maintenance of houses, social houses, now uh, the delivery of affordable homes. 
a community development within our housing estate because you build a housing estate. Yes, you provide houses, but you're also building a community. Uh, we have a, a team of staff dealing with, with the homeless crisis that we have in the city, uh, with with periodic influxes of migrants. We have a very significant indigenous traveller community and population in the city. So we're trying to address and deal with, with their ongoing needs. Uh, transport I mentioned we're continuing to deliver the water service and will at least until 2026 um, there is a transition process underway with Irish Water uh, we have a core of staff then who deal with, with uh, the planning applications development management as it's called planning enforcement and then we have a small team of plan staff who are looking at future planning, strategic planning, making the city development plan, uh, doing uh, plans for local areas. We have a number of local area plans to develop over the next number of years. Uh, we also have key pieces of strategy development that are ongoing at the minute. There's a new green space, a strategy being developed for the city. Every local authority, including Gobba City, has to develop a new uh, climate action plan uh, for Galway over uh, the next 12 months. Uh, we're working on the flood defence project for the city uh, called the CFRAM, the Catchment Flood Risk and Management Assessment Project. Um, and indeed, uh, back in 2014, when the Office of Public Works published the initial studies and published the extent of, of, of flood defences that, that were indicated, uh, our recent hydraulic studies and um, wave studies in Galway Bay, and also taking into account as was the new information in relation to climate climate change, uh, it's now become abundantly clear that we're going to have to enhance what was outlined in 2014 and uh, seek to provide flood defences stretching all the way from the back promenade and Salt Hill from the caravan park that's there right down along the prom, uh, right down into the city centre, out across Ballylockon and then along the river Arab and the Dyke Road area and so on. So a very, very extensive programme of work. Uh, we hope to start delivering those flood defences on the ground in 2027, uh, completion in 2030. And I suppose, look, one of the concerns I would have as Chief Executive, uh, and this is always about a balance, uh, the consent processes and the regulatory processes that we have to go through to get major pieces of infrastructure are extremely onerous. Uh, Galway is, is, is blessed in many ways. You know, uh, I've often seen the phrase Galway is, is a city in a park setting. Uh, it's a very, very beautiful place. Uh, Galway is sandwiched between uh, Loch Corrib to the north and the Atlantic Ocean to the south. And from the southern tip of Loch Corrib to Nemo's Pier um, in, in, in Galway Bay, it's not even five kilometres from, 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 from between those two points. Mm-hmm. And east to west, so from a point uh, west of Orden Moor to a point east of Barna, about nine kilometres in between, uh, that's the extent of Galway City. It's one of the smallest, if not the smallest, geographic area for a local authority in the country. Uh, our total area, I think, is 51 square kilometres. But third biggest, isn't it? Is that right? Third, no, third small. The county, Galway County, but, but is amongst population the, wise. Then is it? The Gal- Galway City's population is, uh, last census was just under eighty three thousand, and strangely, uh, for the first time in a long time, the growth of population in Galway City was behind the national average, and that probably reflects that house building in Galway hasn't been keeping pace with 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 with, with demand. Probably reflective of of. Um, you know, Ireland's failure as a state to deliver uh, enough housing right across the board uh, to, to meet need. But uh, the, 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 the geography of Galway has shapes very much um, uh, 
the city, if you if you actually look at the map of the city, and if you can imagine a butterfly with its wings open, that is roughly the shape of Galway City. Uh, it's 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 like a very large butterfly. You, you you clearly see it if you look at the map of Galway with the city boundary around it. Um, so that five kilometres between uh, the tip of Loch Corrib has one of Ireland's fastest grow, so fastest flowing rivers, the River Corrib, flowing through the centre of the city. We have a number of canals, up to three canals within the city centre, and as I said, the Atlantic Ocean to to our south. Uh, much of the employment of Galway City, particularly for direct investment, uh, has happened on the east of the city. And a significant amount of the housing has happened on the west of the city. So we have this situation of population crisscrossing the river, uh, whether that's school children going to school, parents going to work. Uh, we have four bridges currently. Sorry, as of last Friday, we have five bridges crossing the River Corrib. Uh, four of those are actually in the city centre. And the fifth one, which is the, the well-known Quincentennial Bridge that was provided in the mid-80s, is literally, literally on the edge of the city centre. Uh, it's it's roughly the northern boundary of Ulskol Nagalava, the University of Galway um, uh, boundary. And if you stand on the Salmonware Bridge, you can actually see the five bridges now that cross uh, the river. So we have up to um, peak time, 90,000 vehicles at the moment crossing those four bridges. I said three of those are in the city centre, which is a medieval city with a medieval city streetscape and street network, narrow streets. A lot of that traffic doesn't want to be there, uh, but it, it, the only reason it's there is because that's where the bridges are. Yeah. Uh, the Qu- Quincentennial Bridge is, uh, a, 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 and all the other bridges at peak time can operate at capacity. And it can often only take small little incidents to grind the entire um, transport network in the city to a halt. There have been a number of recent examples. I remember one where there were two accidents within a half an hour one afternoon on two of the bridges, which the Gardaí had to close. Um, and that evening, it took some people nearly four hours to get home. Uh, the, the most of the junctions in Galway City are at, uh, at 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 peak capacity. In fact, quite most of them are operating over one hundred percent of their capacity at peak time, and up to one hundred and fifty percent of their capacity. So they're 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 choked with traffic. They're clogged. We cannot physically fit any more cars through those junctions any quicker uh, than we're currently doing. Uh, and that's why I passionately believe that 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 an outer ring road for the city is fundamental and essential to the future growth and development of the city. Because we have so much uh, wonderful uh, designated European habitat within the city area, special areas of conservation, national heritage areas, special protection areas, every development we do, even small developments, has to be very, very carefully planned uh, so that it protects and, and, and doesn't interfere with the European habitat. It was a fact that when the ring road was being planned, uh, the bridge uh, that 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 that, that uh, is a fundamental part of that ring road uh, had to be located within a, a 650-metre corridor of the existing bridge, the existing Quincentennial Bridge. So just over half a kilometre away, extremely tight. I know that there, there, there is very strong opinion both ways about whether the city should or shouldn't have a ring road. But what I say to people is Galway City needs another bridge. 
we need a road into that bridge and we need a road out of that bridge and we need that th- th- those roads east of the river and west of the river to interface with the other national primary and national secondary roads that come into the city. And I would strongly argue and advocate uh, and the current Galway transport strategy, which is an integrated strategy, which puts a huge emphasis on public transport, active travel, getting rid of the cars out of our city centre, enhanced cycling, safe pedestrianisation. And by the way, it's being reviewed at the moment. That's another piece of important strategy that will be revised this year. And I've no doubt the revision will further enhance the provision of heavy rail in the city. And it will also look at and and say that in the future, Galway should have a light rail system. But the current Galway transport strategy and the modelling, the, the, the technical modelling that was done to support the development of that strategy absolutely fundamentally and clearly says that if you deliver everything that's in the Galway transport strategy, the public transport, the safe walking and cycling, the active travel, uh, the enhanced public realm, taking cars from the city centre, the park and ride network to support it, enhanced bus network, and you do not deliver the bypass, the Galway's outer ring road, you will not solve the totality of Galway's traffic woes. The strategy says that very, very clearly. You know, that issues with traffic over the years, was that the biggest issue that you faced over the last 10 years? Yeah, look, the the, the, the two biggest current and uh, future challenges for Galway amongst many are um, housing supply and transport issues. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Under the National Planning Framework and the National Development Plan, Galway is one of the five designated regional growth cities, along obviously with Dublin as the capital city, Waterford, Cork, Limerick uh, and Galway. Uh, Galway in over the next 20 years has to grow its population by almost 45,000 people, which effectively means that the city has to grow by twice as much in the next 20 years by which it has grown over the previous 50. That will be achieved in a combination of ways um, the population increase is to be accommodated equally uh, within the, the broad city centre area and then uh, the, the half of being accommodated within a new city suburb that is to be developed at an area called Ardon, which effectively is on the east side of Galway on lands adjacent to and behind the Galway Clinic. So as you come in the motorway towards Galway City along the left-hand side, uh, there is uh, room there in phase one for 2,000 homes to be built. And uh, there's a longer term objective that the remainder of lands in Ardon uh, will eventually accommodate a, a population of 20,000 people. Uh, the other population increase then is meant to be in the inner suburbs. Um, and we have identified in the city development plan 19 brownfield regeneration sites which are largely in and adjacent to the city centre so brownfield their existing land this lands that uh, that are, there's other uses on at the moment and these lend themselves to um largely residential development supported by by some retail and commercial development uh some uh, limited um uh increase in height and the philosophy of compact growth sequentially moving from the city centre outwards. Um, The sort of brownfield sites we're looking at include uh, lands that are owned by Galway Harbour uh, adjacent to the Inner Harbour, 
uh, lands at Can Station that are owned by CIE. Uh, Nuns Island, uh, mostly, which is owned by the University of Galway. And uh, two major sites we're planning with the Land Development Agency, one at Dyke Road, which is on the existing City Council car park, which is four and a half acres in extent, and a further site at Sandy Road. Sandy Road is uh, about 20 acres of land. It's land that's owned by the City Council, the County Council and the ESB largely. And that has the capability of accommodating about 800 homes, uh, being a new residential quarter, mixed-use development of of residential, uh, some local work, some commercial, local retail. And uh, to put that in a context, you can walk from Sandy Road, Hare Square, in about 15 minutes. Isn't that the beautiful thing about public service, about working in public service? Like you see... You know, even when you're walking along the road or over a bridge or you see the fruits of your work all around you. That, that That's so true. But uh, it's probably, you know, that working with small communities, small projects. I, mm-hmm. I did. I've done a lot of work over the years in the community development sphere and and. The, the the whole ethos of community development and you know uh, animating and developing the capacity of a community is building up enthusiasm, building up a can-do attitude, showing them that through genuine cooperation and collaboration that 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 uh, you can do things. And I have this this cliche that I'm well known for using to my colleagues: How do you eat the elephant? You eat the elephant one piece at a time. <laughs> And in, in, in a community development context, uh, small wins are important in the start in terms of building up cohesion and building up trust. And, uh, you know, from those little acorns then have grown many bigger projects. So I, I, I've, I, there are many across the country. I've been so fortunate to have worked on, on, on a lot of projects. Um, yeah. And it is nice when one goes back to say, yeah, I had some involvement in that, but, uh, I just take far greater pleasure out of, out of knowing the thing happened, knowing that I, I played some part in it, I helped in some way. And, and, uh, uh, you know, that's a great feeling. That's where the job satisfaction comes from, you know. Can I ask you then, like on a, on a bigger level, is there anything from, now that you're finishing, you know, if you had a wish list, if there was one thing, say, that you see in local authorities in Europe that you could bring to Ireland that hasn't been brought to Ireland yet. Is there anything? Do you ever look at something? And go, gosh, I wish that was in Ireland. Yeah, well, we we have a fundamentally different local government system in Ireland uh, to the European model. Uh, the European model, as you know, it, it it's uh, uh, directly elected mayors and councils and, and the mayor. Uh, for whatever period, depending on the country, becomes, if you like, the executive of the local authority. And the mayors in in Europe have fairly extensive powers. Um, My jury is out on the success of the directly elected mayor in the Irish context. Uh, Limerick, as you know, will be the pilot. Um, This is purely a personal view. Um, I'm not uh, convinced that the legislation has framed... Uh, will enable it to be as successful as as it it might be or can be. Uh, I think the jury is is out somewhat on that. Uh, but that having been said, um, I think the asset test will come uh, and uh, will be will be found in how the relationship of the of the directly elected mayor will work with the other councillors, because um, the dynamic is going to shift and change. It's a, it's going to be a very different relationship. Uh, you're still going to have uh, 
a an executive head as a, as a chief uh, operations officer uh, in in a Limerick context. So there's there's a number of unknowns. Um, I think uh, what's missing from the Irish context of local government is uh, we still have one of the most heavily centralised uh, decision-making processes uh, compared to the European model. Uh, I think there could be merit in 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 the formal transfer of, of like most European local authorities have responsibility for childcare, local policing, health services. That obviously isn't the case in Ireland. Uh, shortly after I joined the local authority service back in the seventies, that was only a few years after the health boards were set up. Up to that point, uh, the health service in Ireland was run through local government. I'm not advocating that that becomes the case in the future, but I think. Yeah. Uh, there are very good models, like the Danish model in particular, uh, that uh, are uh, could and should be looked at about how 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 local government in the future uh, will evolve. Um, and uh, if you analyse over the last decade, uh, the number of government departments who are now asking local government to deliver uh, local initiatives with them and on their behalf, because they recognise the value of. Uh, uh, the fact that the local authority structure locally is probably the, the the single best and most coherent way of of delivering local services to local people. Um, so I would I would like to see uh, more powers given to to councils, and it took me a little t- while to get it and to fully understand it and accept it. And now I, I, I yes, the work we do is nation nation building. Why? We're in the business of placemaking locally. We're in the building of growing communities, building communities, uh, providing uh, the infrastructure to benefit and serve those communities, uh, the public realm, the open spaces, the, the, the recreation, the leisure, the community supports, the community development, the strategic planning. Yes, locally, every local authority is building up its place, its local area. Uh, and if each local authority is successful in doing that, and if Galway City Council is successful in doing that and Galway County Council, that builds up the region, that builds up the nation. Yes, we are in the business of nation building. Thank you so much, Brendan. I just have one last question that I ask everyone on the podcast, and that is if you could pick one thing that makes Galway unique or special, what would that be? Uh, it's, it's, It's not one thing, it's a couple of things. Geography, it's people... And uh, the wonderful canvas and opportunities. Galway is a city that punches above its weight on so many fronts. Um, We have nine of the top 10 um, medical technology and ICT companies in the world. Uh, Galway, this is actually a a positive, not a negative, oft described as the graveyard of ambition. Uh, The foreign direct investment companies who come to Galway will tell you that their young, normally mobile workforces don't want to leave Galway. They love the place. They love the bohemian feel. They love the je ne sais quoi factor. They love the culture and creativity of the place, that sort of left bankish uh, sense that's there. They like the quality of life, despite the negative stuff we read. They stay. They, they're not anxious to move, hence the graveyard of ambition. Okay. Uh, most people who've gone to college in, in Galway, uh, whom you talk to, all say we would like to return at some time in the future and not just to visit. Uh, so Galway has, is, 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 is the geography and what was forged by that, its history, its culture, 
the Irish language is hugely important. Uh, the the Galway is Ireland's only bilingual city. It is, uh, and we want it to become a very vibrant Cahargahianga. Um, so, landscape, geography, culture, history, heritage, and as people. And again, what I said earlier, the fact that that uh, almost one quarter of our population comes from outside the island of Ireland, you put all that into brew into the pot, you stir it up and you mix it up and it delivers the wonderful canvas and the wonderful place that is Galway with with, 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 with exceptional opportunities. And I think Galway over the next uh, number of years, the next decade and beyond is going to go from strength to strength and, and to transform and grow and develop into something exceptional. And, and special. Exactly. So thank you so much. Lovely words and enjoy the retirement. I'm sure you'll keep busy. Thank you for listening and we look forward to sharing some more great interviews every Tuesday. Please subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and you'll be the first to hear new episodes every Tuesday. You are listening to the Galway City Your Council podcast. <laughs>